this week. Uh, next week, we're going to be uh, beginning a series that's going to take us up uh, to our Easter celebration uh, that we're looking forward to. We want you to be a part of that, be a Saturday night celebration and a Sunday morning service. Uh, also, that weekend's our big egg hunt that we have, 30,000 Easter eggs. And so uh, we're excited to be able to do that again. And, uh, but we do need candy for that. Uh, we've already got about 10,000 eggs stuffed, so about 20,000 eggs to go. Uh, if you're uh, bored with nothing to do, contact the office. We can get you some empty eggs and some uh, sacks of candy and let you stuff some eggs for us. But we need lots and lots of candy. So if you happen to be at the store, a few extra dollars, pick up some, drop it by the church. Uh, and uh, we're grateful to have it. Well, uh, what we've been doing in this series, though, over the past few weeks is we've been looking at the essential things that you need in your life as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus. It's the basics, uh, if you will. It's the fundamentals to Christianity. Uh, and we all need to be reminded of these things, I believe, from time to time. But also, if you're a new follower of church, uh, new follower of church... I don't even know. I don't know what we're going to do, folks. Just, uh, I've got some. It's, it's not helping. Yes, I need more. Yeah. Who, whoever said don't drink coffee in church, I'm sorry. But, uh, but if you're a new follower of Jesus and new to the church there, uh, it's important that you understand and know and that you're being taught these foundational principles uh, on which a relationship with Jesus must uh, be built on. And, and here's the basics. In week one, we talked about the basic and most important uh, thing, and that's your salvation. And that you know that you know that you're a child of the King, that you've been saved, that you've been born again. We talked about what it means to be Born again, week two, we looked at the importance of God's Word uh, in your life and how, you know, God's Word isn't just a textbook we study or an instruction book that we follow, uh, but it's God's Word that teaches us more about Him. Uh, we get to know Him better in and through His Word. And then week three, we, we focused on prayer uh, because I know that, that prayer in a lot of people's lives is, is a struggle. And so we talked about you know, some practical ways to help us in our prayer lives. Uh, that prayer, uh, the power we have available to us through God and our access to Him comes through prayer. And so if you feel powerless as a Christian, then it could be because your prayer life's not what it should be. And it's just the basics, again, of, uh, of Christianity. Um, and today... We're going to close out this series by talking about the church uh, and the importance of being a faithful member of the community of believers. How important it is to understand uh, that we are a community uh, of people that are following God together. We're doing life together. Uh, and that's the way that, that God intended for it to be, that we would be the the church. And to start off today, I want to I want to share a quote from somebody you probably never even imagined that I would uh, share a quote from. But but Justin Bieber, uh, who is a great theologian, uh, I think this is probably 
This is probably a more common way of thinking than we care to admit, but uh, I want to quote Beaver in an interview uh, that he gave a few years ago. It says, a lot of people who are religious, I think they get lost. Uh, They go to church just to go to church. I'm not trying to disrespect them, but for me, I focus more on praying and talking to him. I don't have to go to church. And, you know, we, we shake our heads at that. Because we're all in church today, right? So pat yourself on the back. Break your arm doing that. Uh, uh, You know, none of us here today in church would ever say such a thing while sitting in church. But many people think and believe a whole lot like Justin Bieber does, whether they want to admit it or whether they don't. Uh, And so we wrestle with the question. You know, I'm I'm a Christian. I, I profess to be a follower of Christ. But do I really need the church in order to be that and do that? And and so many have come to the conclusion. We're seeing, I mean, the trends are there. The data is there. Uh, Church attendance is steadily decreasing uh, across America today. And so many have come to the conclusion, obviously, that church is not important. Uh, It's just something that you do. Uh, when you don't have anything else better to do or you don't even have to go at all because you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Uh, Bieber also said, you know, uh, uh, in, in this same interview, he said, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. You don't go to Taco Bell and become a taco. <laughs> well, I give him that, uh, you know. Uh, but, but here's what I know about Christians. When you're born again, when you surrender your life to Christ, you know, when you're saved and accept Him, The church is one of the foundational principles of your journey with Jesus because when you are saved and you become a follower of Jesus, you become a part of community. You become a part of this family. You are adopted in to this community of believers. And when you become a a Christian, you become the church. And the Bible has a lot to say about the body of Christ and this community of believers. And so as we close out this series and and, and talk about getting back to the basics, I want us to open up uh, our minds to this question. Does the church really matter? Does the church really matter? And that brings us to Hebrews chapter 10 this morning where Paul is, don't miss this, Paul is talking to Christians. He's talking to people who, who are followers of Jesus. He's talking to the church. He's talking to you and me when he says this in verse 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And I don't think Paul can make this any more clear here, right? Uh, than, Than he does right here about the importance of the gathering and the community of the body of Christ in the church. So does the church really matter? Well, if you talk to people, I mean, if you just go out on the street, uh, a busy, busy street, and start asking people this question, does the church really matter? Do you attend church? Why or why not? Well, if you talk to people, you'll get all kinds of responses when you ask that. You know, and a lot of excuses as to why people don't think they really need the church and they don't need to go to church and the community that it uh, provides. And many of you probably have heard some of these reasons. Uh, some of you may have used some of these reasons at some point in time. But one of the most common is this. When people say, you know, the reason I don't go to church is because the church is full of a bunch of hypocrites. I agree. 
all right? And there's room for one more. That's a pitiful excuse, right? I mean, none of us are perfect, especially at the Nazarene church. I said it time and time again. You want to go to the perfect church with the perfect people, go to Freddie Mark's church, all right? We ain't that, all right? And y'all don't tell him this, but he ain't either, all right? He thinks he, he, thinks he is, but he ain't. No, I'm kidding. I love Freddie Mark. But uh, anyway, a lot of people use that as an excuse not to go to church. What's well, full, full of hypocrites. Others will say, well, you know what? I've been hurt by people in the church. Well, here again, you know what? We're not perfect. The church is not perfect, right? And, and, but people will say, people in the church have hurt me. People in the church have, have mistreated me. People in the church uh, 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 have, have taken me to the cleaners and business dealings and various things like that. And so they use these as excuses to set themselves apart from the body of Christ. Can I ask, just ask you something this morning? Can you be a part of the body if you've set yourself apart from it? And so anyway, but, but they'll, they'll have all these excuses, you know, uh, been disappointed by leaders. For those of you that have been in church all your life, at some point in time, you had a leader that disappointed you. You had a leader uh, that, that uh, did something that, that maybe lost your respect. Maybe uh, they did something that you thought they shouldn't do. So people will use that as an excuse. Uh, other people will say that the church is too judgmental. Y'all just too conservative. Y'all too judgmental. I can't be a part of that, you know, and they'll use that as an excuse. Some will say that, that, that churches are, are, are too political. Uh, but there are others who you might interview on the street that would, you would ask, you know, do you go to church? If so, why or, or why not? You know, their answer might be that they see the value in it. They see the value of the church and the community and how it helps them to grow and it helps their spiritual needs. I've heard people explain it before like, I can't hardly stand to miss each week because it's like, you know, my week is, is just empty. It's not, you know, it's not right if I haven't joined in that community of, uh, of the church. Others would agree that the church is vital for Christian growth, discipleship that we talked about last week, making disciples. Uh, and for reaching others who don't know God, that the church is important for that. And so I'm sure that most of us here today probably could relate to any of these views, any of these ideas, uh, any of these values and, and opinions. Uh, and so here's what I want to do today, because I believe in order for us to understand the church, in order for us to understand the body of Christ, we must start by looking at the very nature of God, who don't miss this, he says he is the head of the body. He is the head of the church. So we got to understand the head before we can understand the body. And so we must understand the nature of God, who is the head of this community uh, of believers. And in order to understand the nature of God, I believe we got to go back to the very beginning in Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, we have the creation story, we have the creation uh, account, and I want you to look at what God says in verse 26 of Genesis chapter 1, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. Don't, don't miss this, he says, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. Don't miss this. There has never been a time when the community of God did not exist. There's never been a time 
when there wasn't the community, this perfect uh, 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 Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. They've always existed in perfect relationship with one another. So to be created in that image, I almost fell. Y'all said, I'm having a bad day. <laughs> I'm going to just hold on. Good grief. I hope they're not recording. I hope when that computer crashed, the recording stuff crashed. But this community has always existed since the beginning of time. So to be created in the image of God is to be created for community, to be spent together. In other words, to truly bear the image of our Creator, to bear the image of God. You know, we can't be apart from one another in this community, right? And then verse 27, he says, So God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created them, male and female, He created them. We were created for community, to be together as the children of God, the community of God. Now back over to the New Testament. We'll give you a second. First Peter. First Peter chapter 2, where I believe we can get a better understanding uh, of who we are, how it relates to the church, as it relates to us being a part of the community of believers. First Peter chapter 2. And I want to look starting at verse 9 there this morning. I promise this is the last place we're going so you can find rest when you find 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Look what it, uh, he says. He says, but you, he's talking to followers of Jesus again. He's talking to us, those of us who have accepted Christ. He says, but you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are God's special possession. Once you weren't. Once you were not a people. But now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy. But now you have received mercy. And so what I want to do this morning is look at the three ways here that Peter describes us. Uh, who we are, who the church is, who this community is that he's put together. And the first thing he says is this, we are a chosen people. By using the word chosen, don't miss this, Peter is reminding us that God is the one who has initiated this relationship. God is the one that chose you to be a part of his community. He chose you to be a part of his body, of his church, of his family. He's adopted us as sons and as daughters into his community. He chose you. It's nothing that you have done. It's nothing that you have earned. It has nothing that you have maybe out-polished yourself to look better than someone else so that God would choose you. No, there, it's nothing that we can earn. In fact, one scholar uh, uh, said it like this, what makes you a member of this new race is not your bloodline and not your pedigree and not your family and not your racial stock. God's people 
are being formed now based on God's choice. His unmerited favor and unmerited love. I want you to look around you today at everybody that's around us. We're all different. Hardly any of us are, are the same. We're, we're all different, but we are all chosen to be a part of this community that we call the church. We all have different educations, right? I mean, my education is, you know, you can write it on a, on a cereal box, right? Lynette, Lynette's education, you can wallpaper a whole wall with all the degrees she's got, right? We all have different levels of edu- education. We're all different in that way. We're, we all, all have different income levels here today. We, we, many of us have different political views. We even have different races of people here today. But we are all a part of the body because He chose us. He, cho- he chose us. He chose this community of believers. And, and I don't know how that makes you feel today, but it makes me feel pretty special, right, to know that, to know that He would choose me because I know me. And especially the train wreck that has been going on here all day. I'm like, God, what were you thinking? Why did you choose me? Right? And so it blows my mind to think that he would even choose me to be a part of this, to be with you as a part of this body and this community. And so it totally changes. When we begin to view the church and this community like that, let me tell you something. It will totally change the way you view church. It would totally view the way you see this group of people right here when we begin to see it this way. It's not something that I feel like I have to do, right? It's something that I get to do because He chose me. He chose me to be a part of this community. So it's not, you know, something that I have to do. It's something that I get to do. Church is not a burden. Church is a benefit. Church is a privilege, To be a part of the community is a privilege because you were chosen by the King of kings and Lord of lords to be a part of it. It's not something we have to do. It's something we get to do because He chose us to be a part of this community. And it's people, you know, and and it's not just a group of all kinds of different people with all kinds of educations, all kinds of different colors, all kinds of different bank accounts and all that. You know, it's not just all these different kind of people coming together. For an event, all right? If we have made church an event, we have harmed the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not about coming to an event, but it's people coming together. It's the community of people coming together, doing what? Opening their lives up with one another. Opening their lives uh, together, living out. Think about this. What, What do we do as this community of believers? We're living out. All of the one another commands that are in the Word of God. And in the New Testament alone, there are 47 specific commands that include one another. All right, here's just a few. Be at peace with one another. Be of the same mind with one another. Bear with and forgive one another. You you sensing the community here? Confess sins to one another. Serve one another. Regard one another as more important than yourselves. Be hospitable to one another. And, And what is so beautiful about this is when these things 
happen among a group of people with one another who wouldn't normally share life together. I mean, if we were all honest and we were outside of this and we weren't part of this community and this body right here, some of us probably would never have anything to do with one another, right? Because we don't have any common interests. We, we don't have anything in common. But what, what puts us in, brings I'm trying as hard as I can try. But what do we have in common as the body of Christ? It's the head. It's the Father. And He chose us to be a part of the body. So we have something beautiful in common when it comes to the body of Christ. We are a chosen people. Let's move on. second thing Peter tells us here is that we are a royal priesthood. Now just to read that, that may seem a little strange, <laughs> right? I mean, all Christians, according to the Bible, though, don't miss this, are considered to be priests. Hello? Where's your collar? Huh? We're all considered to be priests. And there are two things about this that are so awesome. And the first is this. Through Christ, we have access to God. Through Christ, we have immediate and unlimited access to God. We no longer need a human priest to do that for us. We no longer need a human being to be able to mediate for us on our behalf between us and God. Because of Jesus, we can come boldly into the presence of God. And because of Jesus, as his followers, that makes us priests. The second thing, the reason that this is so important, is because the role of the priest before Jesus, the role of the priest was to minister in the presence of God on behalf of the people. Don't miss this. The priest's role was to bring the people into the presence of God. The priest's role was to bring the people to God. So if that's the role of the priest, and you're the priest now, all right? So if that's the role of the priest, and you're the priest now, that's what you've been called to do. That's what you have authority to do, right? Bring the people to God. Bring the people to God in worship. Bring your family to God. Hello, priest. You hear hear what the priest's job is? To bring people to God. So we bring our family to God. You bring your community to God in worship. As the royal priesthood, we're to be deeply involved in the community, caring for and ministering to both other believers, and not just other believers, priests, are to reach out and bring in those who are far from God and don't know Him and don't have a relationship with Him. That brings us all back to what we talked about last week in making disciples. And you do that through personal relationships. It's what priests do. It brings people to God. So all of you priests out there, you are to bring the people to God and the community of believers called the church. And then third, Peter says this, we are a holy nation. We are a holy nation. And that word holy, well, it means this. It simply means this. It means to be set apart. That's what holy means. To be set apart, to be distinct. So, We're called as priests to be deeply involved, bringing people to God, and we're also called to be distinct while doing that and set apart while doing that, which means this. When we are distinct, when we are set apart, 
will look different than the rest of the world. We'll have a different culture. We'll have a different nature. We'll have a different mindset than the world around us. The gospel of Christ will be our focus and it will shape everything that we do. It will shape it all from how we view money to how we view our business to how we view our job to how we view politics to how we view family to how we view marriages. And Peter goes on to expound on this in verse 11. Look at what he says next. He says, I urge you as foreigners and exiles, to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against the soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day He visits us. As a holy nation, we'll be different. We'll be distinct. We'll be set apart will be different than the culture of the world around us. And some of the ways that the early church was viewed this way, some of the ways that the early church back in this day uh, were distinct and set apart from the world, were in areas like this. They didn't participate in the bloodthirsty entertainment that was so popular in their day. They just didn't have anything to do with it. They didn't go to it. They didn't participate in it. They didn't support the killing of infants that some were participating in for various cultural reasons during that time. They empowered women in a way that was different from all the rest of those in their society. They held the biblical sexual ethics, meaning they viewed sex as intended for one man and one woman in the covenant of marriage. They were radically for helping the poor they also mixed races and classes of people together. And most importantly, they believed that following Jesus was the only way. This was what set them apart from the rest of the world. This is what made them distinct. And you know what? You hear that list and you notice some of those things made them look incredibly conservative right I mean they were pro-life they were anti-casual sex they were pro-marriage Jesus is the only way very conservative ideas right but don't miss this in other ways they were incredibly liberal they were empowering women of all things. They viewed that people, all people, were created equal at the foot of the cross. And they empowered women. They mixed races. They mixed classes of people. They cared for the poor. These were all viewed as very liberal ideas back in the day. And so don't miss this. Being set apart and distinct is not about being a conservative and it's not about being a liberal. This being set apart and being distinct means we allow the power of God to shape everything that we do. 
Right? The Bible did not call us to be conservative. The Bible did not call us to be liberal. See, what we have uh, allowed uh, the world to do, the culture around us, has, has convinced us that our politics must shape our religion. Our, our politics must shape the church. Our politics must dictate the way we act and respond and who we vote for as Christians. Folks, we need to let the church shape our politics. Huh? He is the head. If we'll let him shape our politics, then we'll be just fine in who we know who to vote for. All right? And so don't miss this. Being set apart and distinct is not about all that. It's about a community of believers displaying the power and the culture of Jesus Christ in the lives that we live each and every day. You want to look like a Christian? Then you want to look like Jesus. Right? They were living, don't miss this, these, these people that, that, that he's talking to here, they were living in the world. Yeah, we got to live in the world. We can't, you know, totally just separate ourselves from everything else that's going on. These people, they were living in the world, but they were not living of the world. Huh? They were in it, but they weren't living of the world. They were distinct. They were set apart. Peter even refers to them here as what? Foreigners and exiles. <laughs> Is, is what he calls them. This is the body of Christ. This is the church, a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And when this is who the church is, then this is what the church will do to gather as a community of believers. And you can't do these things apart from the community and the body of Christ. You just can't. I've had people tell me, you know what, I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church. Well, that immediately leads me to believe you're not really a part of the body. So does that really make you a Christian? Because we can't be this with being apart from the body and the head of the body. It just can't be done. And so don't miss this. We can only be effective in doing these things and living this life when we recognize the importance of the community that we've been called to do this with, and that's the church, and that's the body of Christ. And you know what? It's, it's allowing others in this community of believer to speak into our lives. See, a lot of times we just want to show up, slip out, we've checked the box, we've done our deal, we're part of the body, we're part of the community. It, it's not just about that. It's allowing others in the community of believers, opening up our lives and allowing them to speak into our lives, helping us to mature and to grow and to be encouraged. Paul talked about it earlier, to spur one another on. There's some days when I just need some encouragement, Right? You do too. I know that about you. And that's what the community is about. Coming together and encouraging. And it's through this community also that we bring other people into a deep and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And it can't be done without the body. And you've been called to do that. And you are the body. And a part of the body. And none of these th things can be done effectively apart from the community and outside the body of Christ. So, does church really matter? Well, I believe that we've seen here today that we can't truly say that we're a part of it. We can't truly know God and live our lives in His image apart from it and separate from it. So is the church important? 
Well, I believe once you fully understand what the church is and what we as a community of believers have been called to do and that we have been chosen by God to be a part of that community, I would argue based on God's Word that it has to be important. And if it's not important to you, you might want to step back and reevaluate what part of what community you're a part of. Based on God's Word, the body is important. It has to be important. And yes, being a part of community of, uh, of people uh, that's different, listen, it's not easy, right? Like I said, none of us are alike. None of us, uh, you know, it, it, it can get messy because you've got a view on who to vote for and you've got a view who to vote for and you've got a view whether we ought to leave the carpet and you've got a view whether we ought to have concrete, and, and, you know, and so it gets messy, right, because we're all different. And, yes, people, folks will let you down. Folks in the church will let you down. You know why? Because they're not perfect. They ain't got it all together. Ain't none of us got it all together. And if you're here today and you think you got it all together, you're crazy. <laughs> you, you're far from having it together as anybody else if you think you do. People are going to let you down. People are going to disappoint you. I'm going to let you down. I'm going to disappoint you. <laughs> I assure you I will. Leaders sometimes fail. Sometimes they miss the mark. And sometimes they're just misunderstood. Right? But if it's in community where, you know, uh, we proclaim the goodness of God, when it's in this community where we proclaim and share the grace of God. Hello? The community is about grace. It's not about pointing out everybody's flaws and saying, you get out of here because you don't look like us. It's about grace. We want you to be a part of us. And we're going to open our lives and we're going to share with one another. And, and we're, you know what? We may not get on the same page in the voter booth, but we're going to be on the same page, page when it comes to God and His love and His mercy and His grace and His forgiveness. We all have been chosen. We've all been chosen. And it's in community where we proclaim that, God's goodness and His grace. And let me tell you something, no matter how messy it gets, no matter how bad, you know, that person you're sitting by this morning is getting on your nerves, you know, it, it, it's all worth it. It's all worth it. We've all been chosen to be a part of the community. And so, yes, being a part of the body matters. Don't let anybody, not even the devil himself, convince you that it's not important. And that it doesn't matter. It is important. And it should be a priority for you. It should be a priority for your family. But it's not just about attendance. And I don't want you to get that this morning. This isn't a sermon so that we'll have 400 here every single week. All right, This, this has absolutely nothing to do with attendance. It's about being a part of a community. It's about letting people into your life. And being a part of other people's lives. As we journey together, doing the best that we can possibly do to follow Jesus and follow His will for our lives and our family. So does the church matter? Well, it matters so much that Jesus died for it. That's how much it matters. Don't tell me the church doesn't matter. Jesus died for the church. It matters that much. And through the church... It's where we know Him more deeply. We grow as disciples. And we, folks, don't miss this, we can reach the world with the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ in 
and through this community we call the church. So today, as people who call ourselves Christians, we got to get back to the basics. We've got to get back to the basics, what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, because it's then that we will be, and God can use us for what He created for us to be and to be used for. Amen? I want to pray with you this morning, and then we're going to celebrate a young lady who's coming to make a public profession of faith through baptism this morning. But first, let's join together in prayer before we do that. God, I thank you today so much for your word again. God, it's overwhelming to think that you chose us. I I look at myself in the mirror every single day and go, I I don't know why you chose me. And there are some other people in here today that said, "I, I can't imagine why a good God, a God who is so gracious and so loving, I don't know why he would choose me and want me to be a part of his family or a part of this community. But God, you have. And God, like we saw earlier, all of us are equal at the foot of the cross. We're all sinners in need of a Savior. And I thank you for coming and being that Savior. I thank you for coming and being uh, the, the sacrificial lamb that would die on a cross for our sins. And we thank you for that. We thank you for the church. I thank you for the body of Christ and, and, and what you continue to do and how you continue to use the body to build the kingdom. And not just build the kingdom, but to, to build disciples. And, and, and God, to, to have people in our lives that will encourage us and help us and give us advice and give us wisdom and, and just somebody to go through life with. That's what this is all about, this community of believers. God, you've so blessed us here at the Nazarene Church in Greenbrier. But sometimes we, sometimes we view our little church as the church when we're actually just a part of the body. They're, they're, the, the body of Christ is gathered all up and down this highway today in, in, in various churches. And God, we, we laugh and we have fun with, with Freddie Mark and his church. But God, I'm grateful for him. I'm thankful for what you're doing in and through that congregation and the other congregations in town that are doing their best to build the kingdom of God. They're doing their best to get it right. They're celebrating the same risen Savior that we are, and we're all going to spend eternity in heaven together one day, celebrating and worshiping you around the throne. So, God, I pray that not only would you bless our church, but you'd bless their churches, that you would not only grow our church, but you would grow their churches. And, God, I pray that uh, you would help us just to get it right as we go out from here, that we would understand as long as we're part of the body and we fall under the head and the lordship of Jesus Christ, then, God, if, if we'll just keep our eyes focused on you and follow your example, then we're going to be okay. And we may not always get it right. We, we, we may stumble and fall. But, God, I'm thankful that there are people on this journey and a part of this community that will bend over and help me get up out of the ditch, dust me off, and show me the right way to go. And so, God, we're thankful for that today. We love you for choosing us. What, what a special thought today. As we celebrate this young lady that's come today, uh, we celebrate uh, along with the angels in heaven when one gives their life uh, to you and accepts you as Lord and Savior of their life. So we celebrate that with heaven today, and we thank you in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right, Liana. Join me down here. This is Liana Miller. We've had the privilege of baptizing mom and dad. And folks, this is how it happens. Mom and dad get things right. The kids will just follow 
follow their example and follow right along. And that's what Liana has come to do today. And she's accepted Christ. She's explained to me what that means. You can just sit right here on this seat. Just sit down there and put your legs over on the side there. And uh, she came and shared that she had accepted Christ. She had been saved. And that she wanted to be baptized on her birthday. So happy birthday. I told her it couldn't be. Yeah. I told her it couldn't be a better day to get baptized than on her birthday. Celebrating a new birth. Her human birth and her new birth in Christ. I believe her sister. I talked to her sister and her sister's going to be baptized on Easter. We just celebrate what God's doing in the Miller family. And uh, so this morning... It's my honor and my privilege. I want to ask you one more time. Have you accepted Christ and asked him to come into your heart? And you know that you are now the daughter of the king of kings. Amen. Then I am privileged and honored today to baptize you in the name of your father and the son and the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tilt you back. Amen. Hey, man, God bless you guys. I love you. I hope you have a great week.